Welcome to each and every one of you, and thank you for joining us on Journey to the Stage today. Uh, my new intro says it all. This podcast is all about music, music, and more music. So for better or worse, we live in a review and ratings world, and I mean everything gets rated today. Products, shows, movies, restaurants, and as you all know, good ratings and reviews can make all the difference in a way something is perceived and patronized. So with that in mind... I would be ever so grateful if you could take two minutes and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Those reviews get pushed out to other platforms and that's just very, very helpful. And to show my gratitude, if we get 10 reviews today, both of my guests will shave their heads. So absolutely willing to do that. Everything Brian. I just needed a reason and now I have one. Sorry, I just lost my guests. So, you know, the greatest gift that I get as a podcaster is being able to chat with people who are making music that I love. And I spend a lot of time searching for new music and, and for bands and artists that I've never heard. And I love to click play and sit back and listen. And just a few months ago, I clicked on a music recommendation for an album called Not in a Bad Way from a duo that I was unfamiliar with. So the first song, Stagnay, started playing, and really, very, very quickly, I realized that I had stumbled across something that was both beautiful and special. And so as I kept listening, each song confirmed uh, my initial reaction, and I knew that I wanted to have these two wonderfully talented artists on my podcast to talk about this album. So I reached out, we booked a date, and here we are, and it is my pleasure to welcome to the artist's throne today, Rivoli, Jen Whiteman, and Samantha Ayers. Welcome to both of you guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's really good to have you guys on. How, how's life treating you these days? It is exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's really, really tiring, but good. Yeah. It's tiring. Not in a bad way. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Jen, you're a nurse, right? That's right, yeah. I work on a labor and delivery floor. Oh, do you? Yeah, so... It's it's a lot of babies, and she just became a nurse in December, so it's I'm she's still learning very the ropes, new, getting my feet wet. It's been being thrown to the wolves. Yes, wow, the baby wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and Samantha, you go by Sam, right? Yeah. And what you're uh, you do property management? Is that right? Not really, but sort of. I manage two properties. <laughs> One is my own home. Um, <laughs> Account? Yeah, we have, so we're in Lexington, Kentucky, and approximately, actually, precisely two times a year, there are, there's horse racing that people come in for from like all over. So Lexington is flooded with people who need places to stay, and you can charge a decent amount of money to Airbnb your home. So I'm doing that with my husband and my two year old and 10 month old. On a side note, Jen, as you were talking about being a, a nurse in the delivery room, when our first son was born, I didn't realize how much the nurse does. Like, they were there the whole time. She was there the whole time, and the doctor just yeah. comes in basically to catch. But the coolest thing was 
her last name was Stork. No, no way. way. Yeah. She had that job. It was so awesome. So you guys were friends before you started singing together. Is that right? Um, we were enemies, actually. And then <laughs> we, did, we had like a, uh, like an aerial moment. Yes. Um, Let's start you over. take it. You you tell the story. I was pulling my Trojan horse up to her house, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met in we, we met in Paris, France. I think uh, we started singing together and became friends like on the same day. Wow. Well, actually, Jen invited me to Scotland after knowing me for like a day. Wow. To vacation with her and her family to because... go see someone in concert that we yeah both loved who and was it matt corby oh okay yeah i'm not familiar you should but i be. will be after our show that kind of solidified our friendship and then and then jen left me in france and moved back to lexington which is where she's from and so she was recording her first solo album when when we were there that never got released into the world you can't find it anywhere yeah, if you search her name you will not find anything. I hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> we are no longer friends. As of this moment, <laughs> we, this is over. <laughs> In French, that's like really great. There's like, what, five or six songs? Anyway, I invited her to come to the house to, to be in on that yeah, process. Yeah, to like sing, play, jam, whatever. Yeah. And then we just like kept doing it. And then we would joke, wouldn't it be hilarious if we started a band? But like we never were going to because I was leaving to come back to America and she was going to stay in France for another like year and a half. Mm. So it was just like, well, this is so much fun, but like it's just not going to last. So, okay, right. bye. <laughs> and then what, one month, two months later? Yeah. She shows up at my doorstep. <laughs> and then I moved in with Jen and her family. Tell us where the name comes from, because I, I think it's it's a beautiful name. It, to me, it sounds a little Italian, but I know that it's not. But uh, tell us it where you guys got It is Italian. It's, oh, really? So it's, it's Rivoli, which is an Italian word. I think it might be actually like a town or a city in Italy, um, but it's also like one of the main, it's the main street that like runs through the heart of Paris is Rue de Rivoli, but it's spelled R-I-V-O-L-I. And for whatever reason, when we were like naming our band, we searched the name Rivoli on the internet to see what would come up for like search results. And there was a mariachi band who had that name on Facebook. And I guess we thought that was a big deal. <laughs> so we're like, let's change the spelling. And now everyone thinks our band name is right. anything but Rivoli. <laughs> Wait a second. So you guys aren't the mariachis no i wish and thus ends our episode of journey to the stage <laughs> i was expecting that it's been great bye, bye. <laughs> we're gonna pause and listen to a song not in a bad way from rivoli's brand new album here it is title track Can't you see this daylight? 
This is a, a really amazingly beautiful song. Um, what can you tell us about it? Well, first of all, we titled the album Not in a Bad Way well before this song was written and we weren't necessarily have, like planning on having a title track because yeah, I guess when we were writing the record, we would joke around a lot. It 
it wasn't intentional at first, and then we found ways to work it into conversation, I feel like. But, like, Jen would, would play, like, a guitar solo or something, and I would be like, that's that sounds like a Weezer <laughs> song, but not in a bad way. Yeah, right. Oh, I see. Just kept saying, yeah, that sounds like this, but, like, not in a bad way. So then we said it so much that eventually we were like, let's just call the album Not in a Bad Way. And then we were kind of scraping songs together because we write a song every, like, six years we were like we want to make an album but we only have three songs written so what are we going to do about that so i think we had maybe seven songs at this point and i was like i don't have anything else to write about i just stay at home with my two small children all day and look at a wall and like and nothing is inspiring to me I have nothing to write about. And Jen was like, well, just write about that. And I was like, nobody wants to hear a song about being a mom. Nobody wants to hear that. And she's like, well, just write about that. And so somehow, like, I think the next day I sat down and pretty much the whole song just came out in like five minutes. I feel like encompasses the whole theme of the album, which is that life really sucks sometimes, (laughs) but it's, but not... Oh, not in a bad way. It's just like, I think, yeah. when you know, you grow up and you're like, I didn't, I didn't know it would be this hard, but also like, I don't want to change anything about right. where I'm in life right now. So that's kind of what that song is about. Very cool. It's a, it's a beautiful song. When you guys write, is it kind of together or you, or it sounds like maybe you work independently sometimes and then collaborate together or what, what's that process like for you guys? With our first EP, obviously, like, I was living in Jen's house. We worked together. We were house painters. So we would literally write music while we were, like, painting people's walls. Again with the walls. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we were just, the process was a lot different just because we were together all the time. This time around, we just both have had really crazy lives, I guess, in the last three four years between Jen finishing nursing school and me birthing two children. So the pandemic, I mean, like we weren't together near as much as we had been. Yeah. So it was a lot more like every song is a little different in how we worked it together. But I think mostly I came up with lyrics and then like a melody. And then Jen just kind of comes in and like workshops ideas with me and makes edits and then she adds a lot of the like musical arrangements and instrumentation yeah your ep came out in 2018 theories it's five beautiful songs i was on spotify last night as i was prepping and saw that ulysses which is it's just a great great song it's got almost three and a half million listens on spotify alone that's quite an accomplishment most of the time, I don't feel like we're a real band. I feel like we're people who make music. And <laughs> once in a while, we pop on the internet and like, here's a song. So it's pretty crazy that so little effort could bring forth so many results, I guess. I don't know, but it's we've, cool. We've met some really cool people along the way that have just like latched on to, especially that song too. Um, mm-hmm. But music. it's nice to have someone like that um, supporting you and then trying to drive it further. I'm so grateful for the connections that we've made that have helped our music go way farther than I think it 
would have or should have gone just like on our own. It's also like very frustrating. I get very frustrated by the fact that you kind of have to like know the right people in the right places in order. I think since the pandemic, the amount of music being released every day, I think it was like, it used to be like 30,000 songs and now it's like 600,000 songs a day. It's something like that. In fact, it's interesting you say that because I was talking to a young guy his name is Brandon Cox, and he's in the process of recording his first album. We were just chatting last night, and I was sharing with him the the beautiful thing is recording is so much more easy now. It's, it's easier than it's ever been because you can do it on a laptop, you get some software, and you can make it happen, a good mic, and, and, you can, and you're going, you're off. The downside to that is everybody's doing it. Everybody's recording, and so it's that much more competition, so to speak. Not that everybody's your competition, but it makes it that much more difficult to to get people's attention, to get a few minutes of their time and hope you have the right song that will connect with them. It's more challenging in some ways too. Have, have you guys kind of found that to be true? We're not out there emailing people. I feel like the connections that we made when we made our EP. We're not very good business people. We're not, yeah. So we're, <laughs> we're not good at promoting I realized that like TikTok is now the way to go. It just can be really a full-time job just to get your music just a little bit further. We we just don't have those margins. We would, I'm sorry, my phone's ringing. When you went to record this album, I was really reading that this almost didn't happen. Um, So tell us the story about how this album almost didn't happen and how it came to fruition for you guys. I mean, yeah, Jen was in, Jen had like one week open last last year year. (laughs) available for us to record. I honestly do not physically know how we did this. I was nine months pregnant and we flew out to, you were nine months pregnant. I was nine months pregnant. It was the beginning of, okay, eight months pregnant. It was, we went in November and I was due in December. Oh, you mean the second, I was thinking Sorry, the second time. No, no, the first time I was like five months pregnant. And then like when we like wrapped up the album. I was nine months pregnant. Yeah. Wow. I remember because I can I do this? <laughs> <laughs> Am I gonna have my baby in Texas? Uh, but yeah, so and then with Jen doing nursing school. We- well, and you recorded in Muscle Shoals. That's obviously from a music perspective, a very historic place to record. What was that like for you guys? We got to record in, I guess it's called Cypress Moon. It was the overflow studio from Muscle, like the muscle shows. Yeah, it, sounds, so it was like Studio B. Yeah, Joe Cocker was in there at some point. I think the Rolling Stones are in there, like possibly Whitney Houston. It, it was overwhelming, like the history that's walked through there, and then just at the end of the day, it was just like, all right, here we are, let's do it. We worked so hard at that point, and just we yeah. almost didn't record it there though, because like I think it was day two, day one, we like recorded like all of the first track a week at sunset and then like day two we were like yeah so much momentum and then like the board just stopped working thankfully someone in town came and fixed it they found an almond in it from (laughs) god knows what year um (laughs) and it was it was up and running again but for a second we were like we're gonna have to move all of our stuff over to what's it called sun so no. yeah, it gave us an, a day that we needed to track the piano parts anyways. Um, so we went to John Paul White's uh, studio, Sundrop Sound, I think is what it's called. Nice, and just, oh, that's cool. Well, that's, 
We had the best day over there. While they tried to fix the board in While the they found, studio. Yeah. yeah, granola in the board. <laughs> what in the world? Who knew that a board could be vegan? <laughs> it was it's like, I'm a health nut. <laughs> Sorry. So let's play another song. Um, so when uh, we were kind of going back and forth a little bit, kind of getting everything lined up, you guys said that I could pick one. Jen said, surprise us. And you have no idea the trauma that caused. I, I have never been so indecisive in my entire life. I, this I felt was like asked us. <laughs> <laughs> so last night, I, I was, I kept listening through. I'm like, okay, what, what other one? What's a good compliment? What's the, what's another great song to play? And they're all good, which is why I struggled because I, I kind of felt like a fat kid standing in front of a wall of candy. And they're all favorites. And like, how do I pick one? So I settled on Stagne, which is really just, it's the, it's the opening tune. It's a beautiful song. Uh, what can you tell us about that song? You're probably talking about the, the song right after. It's like an intro to Alika Sunset. Oh, I guess I always yeah. see them as one song. So <laughs> Alika Sunset, yeah. What, what can you tell us about that one? That was one of the songs that was like, I think we started writing it three years ago. Yeah, really? Alika's special in that it was the one that, like, after we released the EP, I think I'd already started school and Sam had just had a baby. It was maybe some of the first times we'd ever, like, picked up a guitar again. Sam really started that one off, and then she brought it over to the house, and that's the one that kick-started the next several years of trying to get together to work on music again. So that one, I love that song because it's, okay, new chapter, new song, we're exhausted, but we're, like, trying to do this again. Is that an actual place, Alika? Um, sort of. Pretty close to Jen's house, there's a Masonic temple, the Alika Temple, I think is what it's called. On that road where that temple is, um, is where I, I spent a lot of time with my now husband, I feel like there's a lot of different ideas happening in that yeah. one. But uh, really the whole album for me, which I feel like that this is stuff that Jen maybe has been experiencing mm -hmm. because uh, she's been married a lot longer than I have and just has had a family and been an adult. Um, really, like the whole album, I feel like is just uh, processing oh, this is what it's like to be an adult and to be like in a committed relationship with somebody and to be responsible for things other than myself. And Alika Sunset specifically is kind of about like the, the burgeonings of like a new relationship and how everything's like really great yeah. and then it's not. But if you stick around long enough to work out the hard stuff, it can end up being worth it. So let's listen in. Let's listen. This is Alika Sunset from Rivoli's brand new album, Not in a Bad Way. Thank you. 
I really love the production on this album. It's to me, it's really, really well balanced. You've got strings and horns and maybe some pedal steel in there. I can't tell some ukulele, but it's all arranged in a way that enhances the songs without overpowering them. And that takes really, it takes some restraint. I also want to give a shout out to your engineer because I think engineers are often overlooked, but the way this album is engineered is really interesting to me. There's a there's a, a great balance in the way that the instruments were mic'd, where you can hear the the percussive sound of the the guitar strings being struck, being balanced with the notes that the strings are making. If you know what I mean, like there's a there's a balance to that, and I really appreciate that sound, particularly in this song. I know that's kind of a music nerd compliment, but. I just I love really it. love the way that that was done. It created something that is so beautiful. So here's to the unsung heroes of the music world, the, the engineers. Mitchell Webb, Chris Bethay, Tom Nato helped with some of that. We were surrounded by just so much talent and knowledge. Some of them do it for a living. Some of them do it just for the joy of music. And it was yeah. fun to all be in the same room together. We just had so much fun. It was so stressful, but so much fun to make this album. Mm -hmm. There are um, so many great singing duos throughout music history. Are there any that, that you guys find yourself maybe particularly drawn to that maybe you've drawn inspiration from Any, anybody come to mind for you guys i can only really think of one <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start and that would be, that would be uh our friends in penny and sparrow i don't know if you're familiar with their music i am wait you're friends with him yes that's really weird i know somebody else who is friends with them and I can't think of who that is. I'll have to. They're friendly people. So I feel like everyone is one degree separated from Andy and Kyle because they make friends, I think, wherever they go. <laughs> I'm intrigued now. I'm, I'll have to think back to somebody I know knows them, but I, I can't remember who that is. So maybe you know that person, which would be really interesting. The guy who's produced our last two records, Chris Jacoby, he has produced a lot of their albums as well so that we basically went to a lot of their shows until eventually <laughs> they were like hey i recognize you <laughs> we just had a lot of overlapping paths and now we're like actually friends which is fun but um and andy actually sang on a couple of the songs on the album and he lives in Florence, which is close to Mus Muscle Shoals, um, and helped with a lot of the like musical production. So we have two things that we want to accomplish in our last few minutes together, and we're going to have a bit of fun, uh, and then we're going to talk about how people can support you guys. So we're going to play a round of Random Rapid Fire. It's a terrible name. That's all I can think of. I'll ask a question, and you have to. Your answer will be the name of the person who best fits. The example we give is, or I usually give is, okay, who has the most tattoos? If it's you, you say your name, if you know, that type of thing. So you guys ready? Ready. All right. Which of you is the most likely to get a speeding ticket? Me. Sam. <laughs> say, say the name. Sorry. Third person and all. Sam. You got a little bit of a lead foot, always in a hurry. Is it because you leave late, don't leave enough time? This is, these are conversations I have with my oldest son, who's a driver now. I just like to get 
places fast, you know? I, I just you. I don't want to waste <laughs> <No>. time. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be more cautious when my children are in the car, but if I'm by myself, I'm probably speeding. <laughs> I gotcha. All right, so who's the most likely to kill for chocolate? Neither one of us are really the murderous type. <laughs> get me wrong we're like really picky about our chocolate it's got to be good chocolate we had too much good chocolate in france to just like buy any old chocolate now a croissant a good croissant i might (laughs) run i might like she would run over someone in her speeding car probably all right so maybe let me re-ask the question who is more likely to kill for a good croissant we would be in the car together. We would be. <laughs> I would be driving, but Jen would not try to stop me. And she'd be putting the body in the trunk. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> All right. So which of you is the best at parking? Jen. Jen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's your last question. This, this is kind of a tough one. If the zombie apocalypse hits between you two, who will be the last woman standing? Jen. Jen. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Sam, you think you'd go down first? Oh, yeah. I'll give you an example. She would eat me. Right? <laughs> would be a zombie and you would make your natural... Like, you wouldn't be my first option. Thanks. <laughs> but I'll, Actually, no. I don't think I would have the fortitude to, to kill and eat you. I think I would just... Just die. Oh, this is so interesting. Thank you for asking this question. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you an example of why I think that this scenario would play out in this way. One time, Jen and I were <laughs> were staining somebody's deck. It was like a special kind of wood that had to have a special kind of stain. Yeah. But the guy didn't tell us this. And like, Ooh. We, took a, we took a lunch break and I came back to my staining sponge and it was on fire. <gasps> And catching like rags and other things on fire. So instead of like trying to t- take matters into my own hands, I just pointed at the fire and yelled. Jen was like, I was under the deck. Jen was on top of the deck and it was like a high deck. So it took her like a good 30 <laughs> seconds to get down to where I was, probably more than that. Yeah. And the whole time I, I never made an attempt to put out the fire myself. I just mm-hmm. pointed and said, fire, fire. <laughs> and just kept yelling that. Nice job. Yeah. And then I think she got a bucket of water or something uh, and submerged. So apparently, like, this stains just spontaneously combust Combust if you leave it alone for too long. You can't trust it by itself. You have to babysit it. See, I thought from that, I assumed that the guy wasn't happy with the stain and came and set your stuff on fire. That's okay, but I'm glad you clarified. If I can't handle a a sponge that's on fire, I don't think I'm going to be trying to kill any zombies. (laughs) And I do, I do want to say for the record, this is the first time in all 27 episodes of my podcast that I've heard the following line. I don't think I would have the fortitude to kill and eat you. (laughs) (laughs) We have, we have created a first here. I feel safer already. It's not that I would lack the desire necessarily. It's I would lack the fortitude. So let's talk about support. How can people support you guys? You've got a website, socials, like what, what's the best way 
for people to find you if they are not familiar with you and support you guys. Jen's home address is <laughs> eight PO box. Yeah, I'm just um, yeah, we have Instagram. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's where we're most active. Um, we're I don't even have access to our Facebook page. Um, it's not very up to date, so it's we're right. not the fastest at getting back to messages, but. As you have experienced, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you're we're... totally fine. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a few things up on our website. Um, Rivoli.com. Rivoli.com has what you're looking for. Yeah, cool. There you go. And I'll link that, and uh, you, people can buy vinyl on your store. And I think you guys have a, a T-shirt, um, some T-shirts also for sale, so people can support you that way. Also, you guys are on all the streaming platforms, and I'll put some of those links as well in the show notes, as well as to your socials and to your website, so people can find those easily. Come well, Jen and Sam, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together. It is, it's been, it's been spicy, and it's been really fun. <laughs> We so thank you for joining me. You need to be shocked just a little bit. Very nice. Better than better than caffeine, and um, we've I just have never had cannibalism come up in my podcast before. So this is. I did just watch the Jeff Dahmer series on Netflix, so it's been at the forefront of my mind for for quite some time. So Jen, if you see Sam walking around with hot sauce, you might run. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, light her on fire. Because <laughs> she wouldn't know what to do about it. <laughs> she likes it medium rare, so just be careful. <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate you guys and your time and your beautiful new album. I hope people who maybe aren't familiar with, with the work that you guys have done will go out and listen and share with friends because it's a wonderful album. You can go back and listen to the first EP as well. It's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I certainly appreciate everybody for listening and telling your friends about this podcast. And if you've tuned in and discovered some new artists and new albums, then that just makes me very, very happy. So we'll see you down the road a bit. Keep your bags packed and join us on our next journey to the stage. And that's a wrap. Thanks, Brian. Thank you.